Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. It's the only place with a show for every team in Los Angeles and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Sports. And Sydney and I are very happy to have you with us on the Believe Podcast Network. This is Believe in Sparks presented by BetOnline.ag. At the Believe Podcast Network, we share our deepest sympathies with all the families and victims of racially motivated violence and injustice. For me personally, I have been undone by what has happened in recent months and, frankly, hundreds of years. I've always been an ally and I get to do more. And this is a conversation that will continue out of my mouth. On this episode of Believe in Sparks, one of my favorite humans, Tierra Ruffin Pratt speaks on racially motivated violence and injustice. Special thanks to Natalie Gilmore for her important role as coordinator for communications and public relations, and Eli Horowitz, director of communications and public relations, who will guide the media through this call with T. And T has a very unique perspective on this topic as well. Her cousin was murdered by a police officer. She has been fighting for justice for many, many years. And John W. Davis of Windsider gets us started in the conversation. The personal experience that, that I know you've had and that you share with me um, related to police violence, you know, how has everything personally affected you that's been going on? And has there been anything in particular or something in particular that's been triggering for you personally? For me, it's just been the same. It feels the same as when my cousin was killed by the police, what, seven a little over seven years ago, so all them same memories are just coming back up. And when you think about that lens, um, is there anything that you can kind of uh, share with people who are seeking justice? Because I guess I never really asked you, do you feel like there was justice in that case? And if so, like, how, what does that look like? I think the main thing is just keep it relevant. Don't let it die off in, uh, in a couple of days, a week, a month, because um, it's something that's been happening for a long time. Um, who knows what justice really is? Is it that these cops are arrested and put in, put in jail for, for life? Um, justice to me maybe may be just different for somebody else. Uh, my, the guy who killed my cousin got six years, so he's out already. Um, so I just think keep it relevant. This is a talk that we have to constantly have with, with ourselves, with people around us, with our kids. Um, it's just a constant conversation that needs to be had. Um, and it can't just end like in a week, like it usually does or in a month, um, when all of this kind of dies down. So it's something that we have to, um, constantly talk about. Um, until it's it's changed, until a change is made. And if I could just ask one more, are there any changes that you kind of stand by or believe in? Uh, Right now, it's just getting justice for what's going on now. But like I said, we're fighting racism in America. We're fighting the justice system. We're fighting a lot of things right now. So 
to pinpoint one would be difficult for me because it's it's all relevant. Um, we have this racial injustice going on. We have COVID-19 going on. So it's a lot of things going on in the world and whatever you decide to fight for, whatever you decide to stand for, um, just make sure you continually do it. Like, don't just let it be because it's popular and it's the, it's the hip thing right now to do it. And then a week, two weeks, a month, when everything dies down, you forget until something else happens in the world, something else happens in this country. Um, it has to be constant and continual conversation that's, that's happening between everybody in this country, blacks, whites, doesn't matter what, what race you are, um, and what ethnicity you are, what orientation you are, it just has to be a constant conversation that's being had because it's a constant and continual cycle that's happening in America where a black person is killed, whether it's by a white person or a cop. It doesn't really matter, but after a couple couple days, couple weeks, it kind of veers off and, and dies down. And then what? Everybody's quiet until the next thing happens. Thanks, John. We'll go to Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. I, I know uh, when uh, the Julian's mom said at the time of the sentencing that um, that the six years, you know, felt not like justice to her and. And I was reading that, that it was took a week um, before the guy who the cop who shot him was arrested, and I wonder. And she made your your aunt made the comment that if, if the shoe had been on the other foot, that if Julian had killed the cop, it probably would have been a different outcome. Um, right. Is that something you guys? Is that echoes of that kind of coming up with this? And then also just sort of where do you stand on that? Uh yeah, I mean that's I wrote a post about that a couple of days ago, like police officers and and if a police officer or a white person kills a black person they get to go home to their families until they feel like it's okay to arrest them but the shoe was on the other foot they would if it was a black person killing somebody they go to jail immediately so we kind of stand on that uh they haven't given us a reason to change our point of view on that so that is what it is thanks miriam we'll go over to charles hallman with the Minnesota spokesman. Isn't it important for professional athletes to speak out on social issues, on justice issues like this, because people have been complaining you shouldn't speak out or you should speak out. How important it is, or is it important that you speak out, not in a perfunctory fashion, but that it's a serious fashion that people will hear you? I guess you, you speak out in whatever fashion you want to speak out. Um, athletes are, are people too um yeah we have a greater platform but some people just aren't comfortable speaking out like that is it right or wrong no but do we need people to step up and speak out yeah um because we have the platform it'll be great for us to use it but everybody's not comfortable with that um but when we use it we use it in the right way i think a lot of my my teammates and and, and counterparts are around the WNBA have spoken up and, and said what they feel and believe. And we all want change in this country. We all want things to be different. We all want justice for for Black people in America. Um, so we're going to speak out. We're going to say what we feel. And if people agree with us or, or don't agree with us, it doesn't really matter to us. Um, 
because like we said, we're, we're standing for something far greater than ourselves, something far greater than this league, something far greater than anything any business person can can say you know like we're standing for for black people in this country that hasn't gotten justice um black people who've lost their lives and black people who come come before us we're standing for generations before us our generation generations to come um we need to see a change and we want to see a change so we're going to do everything in our power to to try to make that happen and as best as we can, but it doesn't just, doesn't just lay on us. Um, there's a lot of other people in this world that can speak up, um, but we're, we're going to lead it. We're going to lead the charge with it. We're going to, we're going to see, we're going to step up. We're going to speak out and we're going to be, be the people who, who leads and maybe other people follow, but if not, our voices are going to be heard. To Amanda Skurlock with the LA Sentinel. I've been kind of noticing, like, this time around, um, there's been a lot of athletes speaking out, a lot of athletes from a different league. Do you feel like, how does that kind of make you feel? Do you feel like that we're kind of progressing more, getting more vocal? Do you feel like that gives you a sense of optimism about an end to police brutality? Uh, people speaking out is always going to be, be big in any fashion. Um, just hearing the voices of of people who have the platform to speak because uh, before people didn't speak out but now we see a lot of athletes we see actors and actresses we see business people speaking out um even colleges and universities are have put out statements um stand, saying they stand with us even if it's just a blanket generic statement at least they're somewhat speaking out so i think it's a step in the right direction uh but it's going to take a lot more than that to end something that's going on in the world not just police brutality but that and racism and everything that comes with it uh, but it's a start if everybody speaks up and talk amongst them themselves in their own groups families businesses if if the word is is traveling that's important and this is going to help thank you uh howard mcdaw with the next you obviously have been immersed in this for a long time and the way the media has covered these issues has not always been a full picture a fair picture right picture i wonder how you see the way the coverage has been in this most recent uh, flashpoint and whether you think there's been an improvement if there's ways in which the media needs to do better uh coverage in itself is helping but i think it's always one-sided in a sense especially when it comes to like the rioting and protesting and all of that they always show the negative but never really show the peaceful peaceful side of things it, they only start showing a lot of stuff when it becomes negative um, and make it seem like it's always the black people that's doing it. But I think some type of media coverage is better than none. So that's the start. Um, and like I said before with, to John, um, it just has to be continual. This can't end when the protesting stops. Like it has to be a 
continual conversation, whether it's talking to the families who's lost someone or who've been through it, um, athletes speaking out and when they're doing media and press, anything, but the conversation has to keep going. But any type of coverage is helping in a sense, but the negative side is what kills for for the black for the blacks in, in these situations because it looks like they're doing the wrong thing and people people judge them for going out and protesting and in the riots and all of that, but this has been happening for years and generations way before us. Um, and sometimes that's what it takes to get some type of change and for voices to be heard. Um, so if that's what it takes. I, I'm not agreeing. I'm not in agreement with the, with the looting and burning stuff down. But that's how some people feel. They that's what some people feel they have to do to be heard. And you can't tell somebody in pain how they can express that. And, and just to follow up on that, the aspect of this that involves the WNBA, the league as a whole. The league has evolved in that way. I, I remember the league trying to um, uh, to find players who spoke out. Obviously, right. that changed, but I wonder whether you feel that the league has been sufficiently vocal in support in this time. Uh, yeah, a few years ago when we did the T-shirts and wanted to wear the T-shirts and stuff and pregame and all of that, they find us. So that's always in the back of our minds. Like, this is a league we're playing for who's 80% black. Um, how can you find us for standing up for something that's a part of us? So I think this time around, we're not playing. So we don't know how they would have handled it if we would have done something during this time because we're not playing. Um, but I think they've made statements and Kathy has done some some good things standing with us and standing for us, so maybe it can maybe it'll be different. Um, I know they're they put out quotes and put out different things uh, to stand with us, but I don't think we've forgotten that they find us back then for standing for the exact same thing. Uh, so small change is good. Uh, we're not playing right now, so we don't know what would have happened if the same thing came up and we were in season and playing, if we wanted to wear T-shirts or not stand for the anthem or whatever the case may be. Um, we don't know. All we know is they, they put out quotes saying they're standing with us, and I think as time goes on, we'll see. If it's just those one or two posts that they put out, does it end there? or what goes what goes on after? I know it's us as players. We're trying to do everything we can possible to to stand in and be united on one front. We'll go over to Pavi with H and B Media. Change has been a word that um you've mentioned a lot um on this call, rightfully so. I think that everybody knows something needs to change when dealing with systematic racism as um as well as the um, police department. But are there any? I guess laws and policies um, that maybe you have on your mind that you think uh, would be great to implement. Maybe we can stop some of these situations from happening. I don't think it's a law or anything of that nature that can change uh, 
racism or police brutality. Uh, that's that's a that's a personal thing. That's something you gotta change within yourself. And uh, so I don't know what laws can be changed to to stop that. I'll go over to Erica Ayala, Sports Illustrated. When you think of your family and and what you've gone through since the the death and the killing of your cousin, what have been some of the resources that were most helpful um, throughout that time? And and um, you know what things would you like to share with other families that unfortunately since have gone through this as well? I think the most important thing is we stay together as a family. Um, our community supported us back in Alexandria. Um, they still with us. And that was, that was what helped the most because it wasn't just us fighting. And like it is now, like everybody's fighting. Everybody across the, across the country is fighting. So I think that's what's most important, just, just not letting it in. Like still to this day, we get messages and different things about my cousin and um, people still support, support the movement. Um, so I think that's one thing that just ne never letting it in, never letting one person's name die when they die, let their legacy continue to live on. Um, and just keep, all you can do is keep supporting the family in any way that you can possibly do that and just keep trying to trying to change what's going on in the world. I think this some of the most craziest things that we've seen in our lifetime. Um, but we're being hurt and that's what's most important. Um, and if this continues and people continue to voice their opinion and continue to stand in solidarity with African Americans and the black community, um, anything can happen but it can't just be the black community that's standing with by themselves. It has to be the white community as well. They got to stand with us because if they don't change, nothing's going to change. What were some of the more difficult parts of the justice system when it came to seeking justice for your cousin? And as you said, even now, knowing that the officer that shot and killed your cousin has already been released. Uh, I think the first part was just, just the whole waiting process. Uh, you got to wait for them to be arrested. Then you got to wait for the trial. You got to wait for a conviction. And then it's kind of like, what now? Like, for most people, this will blow over at some point. But for the families, they're still waiting. So I think it's the waiting part that was probably the most difficult. I will go over to Lindsey Gibbs with Power Place. I remember back in 2016, you were one of the leaders in the Mystics locker room, getting the shirts together and kind of yeah, organizing yeah. the media blackout. Um, what do you remember most from um, 2016 and from um, the that media blackout that you all held? Uh, probably the most memorable thing is that everybody stood together. Nobody stepped outside and did their own thing. We all kind of stood together as a team, as a organization. Um, and that was what was kind of important to me, uh, that everybody stood together. It didn't matter what race, it didn't matter where they were from. Um, we all kind of just took that moment and used our platform for what was going on at that moment. Uh, it wasn't about basketball. It wasn't about what we did on, on the court. Um, it was standing for something greater than ourselves, something bigger than 
than what was going on in the moment for us, which was basketball. Um, but being able to stand for something that was bigger than us and everybody coming together and doing it, I think that was what was most important and most memorable to me. I honor T's transparency. She's among players who will lead the Social Justice Council to continue these conversations and create lasting and impactful change. We'll be back with more from Tierra Ruffin Pratt on Believe in Sparks, presented by betonline.ag, after a word from our sponsor. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. To Amber Dodd with Hoopfeed. I know that uh, your former teammates, um, Christy Tolliver talked about this in 2016, but um, what are your comments on also Natasha Cloud um, breaking the ice um, with the Players' Tribune and also Don Staley? And how do you think um, their comments are going to amplify voices in the league as they've already made comments about um, just progressing America already? Oh, it was big. Oh, it was big. It was big for, it was big for- uh, for Tosh and, and Don to step up and speak out. Uh, as a player, Tosh just broke the ice and I think gave everybody that that confidence and that okay, like, shit, we can say whatever we want. Like, if we gonna speak on it, we need to speak on it. Simple as that. Um, and she made it, she made it very clear, her side of, of what she think is right and wrong. Um, so that was big and then coming from a, from a college coach's perspective, like as a player in college, you 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 would love to hear your coach step up and say something on like your behalf in, in this this time, like as a black athlete. Like we're playing for these uh predominantly white colleges and institutions and some have stepped up and spoke out and some haven't. But at the end of the day, like to hear your coach step up and speak out, yeah, she's a black black woman, but She's speaking on behalf of her players who are predominantly black, if not all all black at South Carolina, you know? She's speaking from from a university that who knows, like you're in South Carolina, anything could be going on. That's that's a racist place, you know what I mean? So just to have her speak out on behalf of, of college athletes, on of for women, for blacks, like that was big. And I know a lot of a lot of coaches who have spoke up, but I know a lot of coaches who haven't. Um, so hopefully they speak up at some point. But if not, I'm sure a lot of a lot of decisions when it comes to to making those those college decisions, I know it's going to change a lot of people's mind because right now is an important time. And if you can't speak up on behalf of your your players. I think it's important to take a look at that. I will go over to Emily Valdez with KNX Radio. As far as policing, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you've thought of this a million times. 
can you describe the systemic systematic change that we need to see inside police departments? Would it be a psychological test or just uh, what do you think would make a difference? What needs to happen inside America's police departments? Yeah, I think that'll be that's important. Psychological tests. Uh, I think knowing people outside of just a couple exercise tests and making sure they're fit. Uh, deeper background checks, maybe family history. I don't know. All this stuff is a learned behavior. You know what I mean? Like this isn't something that isn't already instilled in you before you become a police officer and get into the force. Like a lot of things are coming out about some police officers I've seen on social media, like them them posting stuff on Facebook years prior to them becoming police officers, but that dirt was never digged up. And now look, things are happening like this. Uh, so I think just digging a little deeper into uh, to people's lives before they just jump into the force. Because anybody can become a cop if they can pass a couple, couple fitness tests, couple knowing the laws in a book. But if you dig deeper into their history, what do they stand on? What do they really believe in? Um, and I challenged a lot of a lot of people, especially the African American community. Uh, we need more Black police officers in this country, um, and it's hard to say that because. At this point, it's like, who wants to become a police officer right now because of all the stuff that's going on? All police officers are targeted, not just not just white police officers, because like I said, my cousin was killed by a black cop. Um, so it's all police officers. You're not just checking into to the white cops, but the black cops too. Um, but we need more black police officers to black to police black communities because a lot of the things that's happening in this world and black people being killed they're killed being killed in their own communities by mainly white cops um so at some point we gotta see like where the divide is you have a bunch of white cops policing black neighborhoods that don't understand that the neighborhoods that they're in um they don't understand the people in the neighborhoods they don't understand how people communicate and what they they do in those type neighborhoods. So what they see is wrong in one sense can be perfectly normal in a black community, but because they don't know anything about the black community, they see it as wrong. So I don't know what, what more we can do um, as a country by looking deeper into to these cops and just changing maybe how the hiring process or whatever the case may be, but it's deeper than just coming into the force and protecting a certain kind of people. Um, so I'm not really sure what more, how much more they can do before hiring, hiring people, but I know there's more that has to be done because this this is a constant, constant cycle that's been happening in this country. Kurt Sandoval with ABC LA. As a woman in sports who's had, who has 
white teammates, as a journalist who some of my best friends are black, how much does this bother you about this racial division? Um, or is it, it's the fine line, I guess, is what I'm asking is, how do you balance the white cop who's not a racist, the, um, the black person who's not a, a criminal? And how do you use that? Because throughout this interview, you've talked about this has gone on for generations. So how do we change that? I think if we had the answer to that, it would already be changed. <laughs> Amen. No, but I think um, just talking about it and having the awareness, um, like I said, I think Black people have done done a lot, pretty much to the point, what more can we do? You know what I mean? Um, a lot of white people ask, what can we do to change? But you're asking us when, how the hell we know what y'all supposed to do to change? Because we, we're not in y'all shoes. So we can't, we can't tell y'all what y'all need to do to change as white people. Like we talk amongst ourselves as blacks and say, okay, maybe we need to step up and become police officers, become elected officials. So we have a voice. Um, we can say all oh, white people need to step up, but all we can ask is that you change yourself. You change the generations that's coming behind you. You talk to your kids uh, because it's a learned behavior. Racism is learned. You're not born that way. Um, so all we can ask is you for white people to change themselves, change their family, change the generations coming, coming after them, because what was being taught and what was learned long before now is just trickled down. It's something that's been, been like I said, around for a really long time, and it's just generations teaching younger generations teaching younger generations. So how do we stop that? We can't. We're not teaching our kids to say black people are evil. Black people are are, th are threatening. Black people are scary. Like, we're not going out telling our kids that, oh, go out there and be a threat. Like, we're not, we're not taught that. We're taught to go out there just like anybody else and try to live our lives just like anybody else. But how can white people change? That's a question you got to ask yourself. We can ask y'all. All we can do is say, look yourself in the mirror. If you feel like you're standing on the right, on the right side of justice, on the right side of racism, then you're doing your part. But if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say that, if you're not teaching your kids the right way, that's not helping. You know, when we look at the state of the world and, and the, the injustice, the absolute injustice, you can't minimize it to anything else. It is an injustice in our world. And T is, a, is especially close to this topic. Um, how do you see her leading the way in terms of conversation? What have you learned during this time as well? And, and how can we continue to do what we've been doing, but step it up even more in support? 
I actually learned how close police brutality, social injustices, and racism are to T and her family. Um, when the instance with George Floyd being murdered happened, um, you know, we were we were talking and I was touching base, checking in on her, and she told me that her cousin actually um, was killed by the cops uh, a couple years back. And I had no idea. I mean, T, as you remember from the episode that she was on, she's really low key, very quiet, um, but strong. And she, she's the type that doesn't really open up, which is completely understandable, respectable. Um, but when she opened up about that, it, it really hit home for me how, how much all of this means to her and has impacted her and her family in such a real way. Um, and so I appreciated her vulnerability. Um, and I've seen her, I've seen her fighting for this, um, as long as I've, I've known her. Uh, but now I hear her in a different way. And I think her voice is so important because of her experience and because of she's basically the spokesperson of her family and the spokesperson of um, an experience that has changed her and her family's lives. And so her credibility is at an all time high. Um, even if she didn't have credibility, her strength and because of how she operates on a low key manner, when she does speak, you better listen. And I know for me, what I've tried to do is I've been learning too this last month of how to go about my own journey, what to read, what to listen to, uh, what to try and pay attention to, um, but also respecting my Black teammates, my Black friends, and not putting anything more on their plate. And so I think as white people, we have to step up and do our own research. We have to hold each other accountable and do our part and more without asking people of color, our black friends, family, whatever it may be, what can we do for you? That's not on them to answer that for us. We have to figure it out. And what, what's really stuck with me is all of this information has been around forever. And now I'm just truly stepping into it. And so it's overwhelming because it's taken me such a long time to even see it and to step into this reality. But um, I've, I've had a lot of people who I've been able to talk to um, and hear what they're learning and they've led me to resources and um, watching videos on YouTube, videos on social media, listening to podcasts, trying to, I have books that I'm going to be reading for months and I'm excited to really step into that. Um, and I know that I, I have a lot of people, um, black people, people of color, who are willing to communicate and speak with me and have conversations about things with me. Um, you know, but I also out of respect want to make sure I do my part without putting anything else on their shoulders when it's, it's my turn to take ownership and accountability and put it on myself. And then if I have questions, I know that they will be there to answer them and to help and to guide. Uh, but I know like for, all white people, anyone who's stepping into this for real, it's on us to really make our own journey and learn as much as we can um, so we can understand and empathize in whatever way that looks like. Beautifully stated, Sydney Weiss. Thank you so much for that. 
T was out last night versus her former team, the Washington Mystics, out with a shoulder injury. We'll keep her prayed up. Hopefully she'll be back in the lineup very quickly. And uh, we stand with you, T. We stand with you. We love you. We honor you. We support you now and forever. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Sports. Follow me at SwissBaby24 on Instagram and Twitter, and Stacy at Stacy Pates on both platforms as well. Interested in advertising on this show? Please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks presented by BetOnline.ag. Go Sparks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.